0: Andrew Portelli. Johnny. Thank you. I appreciate you coming out.
1: Oh, thanks for having me. So, um, very exciting.
0: It is. You're the first wog that's come in taking, taking his shoes off as soon as you got into my door. And I'm like, is that a wog, wog thing?
1: No, uh, you know, I just got a sense that you would be a no shoes in the house. <laughs> <kind> <laughs> I don't of mind. Guy. I don't mind. I, I, I just got a sense and I can see your carpet here is pretty pristine and everything's in the right place. And
0: yeah, I'm a bit OCD with my place. Yeah, so. I
1: just, I, I, I got I got a feeling that you would appreciate the gesture.
0: <laughs> Thank you. It's <laughs> nice of you, man. Yeah, no worries. Were you uh, no shoes in the house place as well growing up?
1: No, no, no. Your no. parents were cool? They, they were fine. I mean, we had tiles everywhere. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um. No, it was when I moved to Melbourne and the first apartment that I lived in, I lived in um, for four years, uh, with this woman who is, like, her family's from Hong Kong. So no shoes in the apartment. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just a great rule, especially, especially in an apartment, a carpeted apartment. There's mm. nothing better than keeping those carpets nice and pristine. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you, and this is a deep pile. I can feel it under my feet.
0: Yeah. It's a good one. I yeah. didn't. Yeah. I, I went for a mid range. I couldn't afford the expensive one cause it's like wool. So yeah. I went a mid range. Yeah, yeah. I like that you can feel stuff like that.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Do you uh do you keep your place really tidy?
1: I uh, I would say I'm tidy, but I'm not crazy. Not um, crazy. Okay. Yeah. So like I'll I'll let it if I'm busy I'll let it get messy just because I'm busy. Do you and, feel like? But you... I keep it and then and then I'll do a bit clean.
0: Have you found a correlation between keeping a tidy apartment or relatively tidy and? Getting things done on stage. Like I know for myself. If I start cleaning. I can start writing in the back of my head. Like is there a weird process that you have. Where somehow material comes to you. By doing something different. Like washing the dishes or vacuuming or. Oh, shopping.
1: Yeah I get a lot of ideas in the shower and driving. But I actually find that. I go through cycles. And the. The. I go through cycles, not just in my apartment, but in my life of things getting really messy and disorganized and feeling overwhelming. And then it gets to a kind of low point and then I like clean up. Mm -hmm. Um, and at that point I'll like come up with something. Mm. So I was like, and like any type, any type of experience, like Whatever it is um, that's stressing me out, I'll go through it, and then when I get to a point of having to fix it, the material, the the so it's it's like a feelings thing. Like when things feel really bad, yeah. I'll get to a point where I have to change it, I have to fix it, and then I'm um, talking
0: about a piece of material here when the material is bad, or well,
1: I guess, Johnny, I'm trying to. Um, so it's like a metaphor. Like it's it's uh, what I'm saying is it's like this is this happens with my apartment, it happens with right. jokes, and it happens with situations. Yeah. Where it goes through a cycle of like shit, 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 and then I realize that it's shit, and then I fix it. Right. So like and 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 often they are all happening at the same time.
0: When it's shit, 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 are yeah. you ignoring or allowing the back of your mind to process it all?
1: Uh, I'm I'm like ignoring it, and it's just sort of happening. Yeah. Yeah, and like I'm so I'm like not looking after my apartment. I'm letting things get messy. Um, but I I but then that part um ends up being useful because then I have the memory of how of what it was like. Yep. Yeah. I don't I don't know how to explain it, but I yeah, I always find that I I have to go through something. I can't I can't keep everything I can't stay on top of everything all the time. Mm-hmm. Because then I feel like I'm just, I'm never actually living my life. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah Sometimes I need to let things come, come. at you. Yeah, yeah sure yeah.
0: thing. That destabilizes you and that destabilization exactly. yes. it brings about a sense of disorder. That disorder creates creative juices flowing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Do you have a fear that, the creati- that you'll lose the creative process? Do you have a fear that one day you'll be like, fuck, I can't write anymore? Like nothing's coming out on stage? Um, or is that just me? Like, I, I have these waves where I'm like, shit, am I done? I haven't written anything decent in a while.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like that all the time. <laughs> and then...
0: Well, you work hard. You're a good comic. You're a very good comic. Like, I've seen you perform exactly. a lot. And you're always churning through new stuff. So...
1: Yeah. Well, I, 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 I come up with a lot of premises that I don't work on very hard. Yeah. And then, like, 2% of them work consistently enough that I keep them. Yeah. And, and then the others I just fucking fuck off. But, Same here. Yeah.
0: Are you at peace with that concept because I was always of the opinion, man, I'm letting too many premises fall by the wayside. But then I was like, maybe it's like mining. Mining companies have to churn through millions of tons of dirt before they find a few kilos of gold. So, it's uh, okay now to let premises fuck off. It just means you weren't invested in them.
1: Well, yeah, I think um I, I don't have a problem with it as long as I've got it, you know, whatever, at the, as long as I'm getting enough new minutes yeah, um, into my act. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think you ever, like, I don't, I, I, I it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. Um, I do, I do sometimes wish that I was better at turning out new material to the, the standard that I would like. Sure. But um, I always feel like nothing's ever really gone. So, you know, even if a bit doesn't work, um, it's still somewhere in your brain and maybe a couple of years later, you'll find a way to do it or you'll sort of half remember it, but you remember it in a different way that actually works on stage. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you, you make some new link. Like, yeah, I, I keep all my stuff. I keep all my recordings. Um,
0: do you have a quota? You said before you're always trying to come up with new material. Do you have a quota of uh, what you're looking for? Like, do you want two minutes every month, a minute every week? How does it work for you? Do you assign it a numerical value or do you just nah. go with the flow and, like, as long as I'm constantly got a pad in my hand?
1: Um, it depends. I mean... What I found was um, last la- so last year for the Comedy Festival, I was doing a show where I only had to do 10 minutes, right? The Comedy Zone showcase thing. And even though like, I'm always writing new, I already had 10. I like, had 10 for quite a while. Quite a while, yeah. And um, what I found was that none of my new went anywhere. And I think it's because it didn't have to like I didn't actually I didn't need more than 10 and so I didn't produce more than 10. So even though I was, I was constantly trying new stuff, none of it stuck around. Okay. Um so you didn't like
0: any of it subconsciously well, in the end.
1: What what I think is I my my theory is that and and I'm I'm only doing my like very first hour this year. Yeah. Um
0: how many years have you been going in? Sorry to just butt uh, in quickly.
1: About about 10. Okay, including ten. including COVID. Okay, yeah, yep. yeah, um, but yeah this this year I've found um maybe because I need the time, but a lot I've I've come up with more new, and I think it's just putting um putting myself under the pressure yeah of needing that long yeah um has and has helped it. yeah 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 but I mean it's hard because. Sometimes I don't know I mean I haven't like I, I this year I'm still I can go back you know 4 years and 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 do bits that I haven't done um for ages. Do you do that? Uh well I will be this time yeah. because uh, you know it's hard to write.
0: Yeah. Of course.
1: Um new. You uh, feel
0: comfortable in that? I feel, certainly feel comfortable doing that. I mean Seinfeld does stuff he reckons from the late 70s
1: yeah uh I mean, there are j- jokes in my in my best hand that I wrote five years ago. Mm. yeah, uh, yeah, that doesn't bother me. I mean, to me if if like I always feel like if if I've written if I've written a joke in the right way, mm. I am happy to say it again and again because the way it's written always feels like true or fun or something like that. yeah, you know and it gets it gets boring in a way. But it's not, um, I, I always feel like um, when it's written the r- in the right way, it feels kind of a bit timeless. Like, um, it's not just, oh, this happened to me today. It's, it's something that is kind of, has some kind of lasting
0: I, I, You hit the nail on point. the head when you said timeless. I completely get it. Uh, do you have a, do you find some timeless material has a tendency to uh, rot Um, and you just sort of scratch your head thinking, what's going on? Is it the way you're, maybe you're not invested in executing it, like you're not giving it the love it needs on stage and and then you just, what I do is I put it by the waist, I let it go away for a couple of years and then I go back on it and I find some joy in redoing it and then just changing it slightly. And and improving it now that you're better. Yeah, Yeah, and it's more fun. It's...
1: Yeah. I... Um... I don't... I haven't had... That... I've got... I've definitely had jokes that have stopped working after a while. Um...
0: What do you put that down to?
1: I think it's because...
0: Are you evolving?
1: I th- Yeah, I think you change. And your energy on stage changes. And, um... You know, the sort of... The angle that you are coming at that topic before... Um which might have been you know from an angle of naivety or you know you, you, like for me i i don't think i seemed very confident on stage and and that's something that i've worked a lot on really and and I've, i i feel a lot more comfortable now but i think a lot of my old bits part of why they worked was because i looked uncomfortable
0: interesting
1: so you lose that and then the audience sees you know, he's hearing the same words, but they're not really seeing the same act. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's it's stuff like that. Like it's, um, you know, the 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 way that you carry yourself changes, and then yeah, the old joke doesn't work because it's actually kind of different now.
0: It's interesting that you said that you. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen you on stage lacking in confidence because uh, I got back from England twenty eighteen. Yep. So I think uh, when I first saw you on stage, you always carried yourself confidently, so much so that uh, I saw you recently at the burgie and it was great to see you acknowledge when the crowd weren't really going for a new bit Yeah. that you could go, all right, fine, it's not really working, blah, 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 and you made a joke about that. That's yep. how confident you were to actually step back from your own set and acknowledge, yep, yeah, and get a laugh at that and yeah. then carry on. And build, keep that energy up.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I used to do that a lot earlier on. Yeah. It's I, a, used, I used to do a lot of acknowledging that things weren't working. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it's a necessary, of course, yeah. good thing to do. Yeah. Because I think what happens is you may become a bit mad and start putting laughs or hearing laughs in your head. And then, you know, you, you may become one of those acts. I've come across them in my career yeah. where you see an act come off stage and go, that was all right. And you're like, you got nothing.
1: Oh no! How the fuck is nah. that all right? That's like what the that's fuck fuck poison. Are you hearing? Yeah, mm. that, I don't. I don't think there's a worse thing that that like a worse um. It's a it's trait a, that you can have as a comic than to not hear what the like the audience's response.
0: Yeah, and there's also another nervous thing that happens where a comic would add the laughter himself or herself when there's no laughs. What
1: like laugh during the set?
0: At the punchline when no one laughs. Oh yeah. They add their own laughter.
1: Yeah. No, that's um it's mad. That, no, that's no good.
0: Um, is there anything else in your life that you're pursuing as passionately as your stand up? I'm gonna jump the gun and say that you're pursuing stand up passionately, am I right? Uh yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's you seem like yeah, one of those yeah. business guys that, you know, you're here for the you want to learn.
1: Um yeah. I mean I I would love to be better at pursuing it as a business in the sense of not just haemorrhaging money all the time. Um, yeah. But I definitely pursue it as like a um I mean, not to I, I don't know. It's
0: Is there anything else you're doing as passionately outside of no, stand up? No, no, this is it. No. Yeah. You're no longer you've got a law degree, didn't haven't you? Or Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I practiced for eight years. Okay, so no more.
1: No. Yeah. Because no. you
0: couldn't. It's. It, it would be intense, wouldn't it?
1: Um. It was. Yeah. It. I. I. I did it for eight years. I quit. Um. Late twenty nineteen, because I've be, I've. I've always done them both at the same time. Mm. But I started off in Perth, and in Perth you're only gigging. You know, once or twice a week, mm. max. Um. So it was a lot more doable. But since I've been in Melbourne, um you know, I'd say there were, there were probably four, like before COVID in the lead up, you know, I was doing, um, maybe between eight and I don't know, 14 or 15 gigs a week and working full time. Wow. Um,
0: 14 gigs a week in Melbourne. That's, yeah. I mean, that was at great. the, that was
1: at the peak yeah. when there the most like the open mics. That's and an amazing old effort. Crab and, yeah. But I mean, we, we, like, you know, me and my friends, like, like Pete Jones is a big yeah. advocate for just doing as many gigs as you can. Yes. Um, that was the kind of, that was the mentality, um, is, is still the mentality, I think. Hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, but by the end of that, I was just, I was so burnt out cause I was, um, yeah, I was also working, like my job was pretty intense and, um, yeah, I was also, um, like uh, in a, like fairly serious relationship so there was just so much like yeah i was just fucked so um yeah i don't think i could do that again not like i'm you know i'm almost 35 mm. and um yeah like i don't know how i maintained it for that long to are you
0: honest. are you in a uh, relationship now
1: no no no
0: yeah it's fucking hard to have one
1: oh yeah yeah.
0: Because I still pour beers part-time and then I'm pretty much gigging every night. Yeah. I just... Really, how?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean... And I don't you know. can't
0: go to the movies without thinking in the back of your mind there's a gig on and you're missing out. It just eats me up.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I've... I found during that last lockdown, um, it was kind of helpful in a way. I mean, it's horrible, but um, I... I, I, I thought, um, I realized that, you know, because all the gigs went away, obviously, mm. and uh, I thought, oh, so, you know, when there are no gigs, uh, my life is actually pretty empty, um, you know, like I did, so I didn't have any gigs, which meant I, and I, so I didn't see any of my comic friends or, or mm. hardly any of them, um, and I also wasn't working anymore um and i was like oh okay so without stand-up like i literally have nothing <laughs> in my life did so f- did that it- that actually changed my mentality now and now I'm, I'd, I'd say i'd more happily take a night off yeah just to just to not completely hollow out the rest of my life because um, I, I i like i like stand-up a lot but i don't want it to fuck up my life Too much, yeah. Yeah.
0: You 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 need both because one feeds the other, doesn't it? Yeah,
1: and you know you're like, you know, you can have a great set, but um, you know, your comedy career is never going to visit you in hospital. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, I I completely understand. I had that uh, epiphany doing the circuit in London and on the road for so long. Like hotels just blurred across Europe. Yeah. I was living out of a suitcase. Just. City to city, it was fun for five years, but then the yeah. last five, especially the last two to three, yeah were yeah empty and vacuous. Yeah, uh, just like there's no soul here. I'm not. I'm not living. I'm not. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So when you gave up law in 2019, mm. then COVID hit. Yeah. Were you at home twiddling your thumbs, going, "Holy fuck! What have I done? I've I've got no gigs. Um, no law. Or- I
1: no. There were no regrets about quitting. Yeah. Um, I think, if anything, I left it too late. Okay. Um, And because it was quite a recent decision, I mean, as soon as I quit, uh, I I, I quit while I was overseas and then I got back um, and then just went hard, like, even harder than I was before. Mm. Um, And it was only for three or four months, but that's when I um, uh, managed to get picked for Zone. Mm. And... um, and I was, like, in the best, like, comedy form of my life, you know, just, mm. and, you know, you're doing so many gigs and you're kind of everywhere. Mm. Um, that I was like, oh, this is, like, really working out. Like, mm. this is going great. Um, so, because I'd had that little period, I, I didn't think, oh, I've fucked up my life. Um, I was more just upset that, um, that uh, I wouldn't be able to keep going like with that like progress that mm. I was making. Sure. That was the frustrating thing was just, you know, like you feel like you're you you're building up ahead of steam and and then everything stops. Yeah. Um but yeah, I didn't even really seriously consider going back. Um Yeah, I huh. don't know. It was just like yep. I don't know, fuck that.
0: Yeah, fuck that is 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 enough. That's yeah. your soul telling you fuck yeah. that. <laughs> you don't need yeah. a reason, listen to yeah. your gut um was law in, uh, when i think about law was it was it exciting in terms of uh you know how you watch tv like were you one of those yeah. barristers that actually tries to convince a judge because i think that would be a buzz yeah or was it behind the scenes a lot of paperwork
1: so i i did i did i did pretty um different parts of my career uh so i started off at a big commercial law firm yeah and that was all behind the scenes in the office is a corporate or... Corporate. Okay. Corporate, corporate. Oh. And when you say um,
0: corporate, corporate, what does that mean?
1: It means we we represented the biggest companies in Australia. Wow. Um, and it, it meant, you know, like one night I was in the office photocopying till 4 a.m. Fuck. Um,
0: Anything interesting? Like any interesting cases? Like at, f- yeah, at 4 a.m. that you're photocopying? Well,
1: I mean, the case was sort of interesting. Um.
0: In a nutshell?
1: I, I can't talk about it. Okay. Because, um, yeah, you got like certain obligations and stuff to like that. To this day. Well, I guess, yeah. I mean, I, I just wouldn't want to. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, it's sort of like billionaires suing billionaires and wow. just all that sort of shit. Like I once had a check for, I had to pick up a check for $6 million that was payable to bearer.
0: Was it one of those big ones you win in <laughs> grand prize? No it's, no, it's just
1: like a regular and um Well wow. and I had to g I had to take it to the to the court um to file it. And uh yeah, I remember ringing my dad going, Hey, where's my where's my passport? Like, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> yeah. But um Yeah, so I did that and then I was also I was a prosecutor. Oh so you did? So I that then I was appearing in court And um, talking. Yeah convincing Yeah, yeah persuasion.
0: Was that a buzz? Because um, I've often watched TV, and I know TV is saturated with exaggeration. Yeah. But I'm like, that would be a buzz akin, sort of, to stand up.
1: It it was. You know what was interesting was it actually when I started, I was such such a nervous public speaker. Yeah, and I regularly shit myself in court. Like I was so just nervous, I wow. I couldn't get my words out. Imagine the guy and, you were
0: defending, or the girl. All the well, I mean, like, luckily, get some the, the way
1: th- the way they did it was they'd start you off just on like really basic stuff.
0: What would be a basic one if you're allowed to divulge
1: um, a, an example like of Centrelink fraud?
0: Nice, yeah. And and <laughs> I was
1: a prosecutor, so um, you're kind of appearing in front of a magistrate, and then you work your way up to the county court where you're appearing in front of a judge, and um, the types of cases change as well so by the end i was doing like um had uh was like prosecuting pedophiles um prosecuting drug traffickers had some like organized crime cases had a a slavery case a uh, slavery case yeah, yeah so can you go into that um was it was it was in the news they've been they've been sentenced but it wasn't really were well, they making my a over.
0: person just work for free chained up in, in a basement not, or something not not quite
1: chained up but, but ho- essentially housed yeah yeah wow um yeah so
0: does that uh does that th- those three cases pedophile yeah. um slavery drugs. and drugs yeah did that give you... Was that like a shot in the arm to do the right thing? Like to really go through your notes, build up a good case? Oh, of course. Because you're doing yeah. something just? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, took it, I took it
1: really seriously. Yeah, I could imagine. Which is why yeah. it was hard to combine with stand-up because I'd be, yeah. be back late, like preparing for court. Yeah, you've got a case for like court that, and, and then
0: you, in an hour later, you're doing a dick joke. Yeah. Like, what the fuck?
1: But see, that was the interesting thing was that... What, what, I, like, what I found of? was that stand-up got easier because I was doing this other public speaking that I was also scared of and then I was getting better at that and then to go from that to an open mic um, actually made it easier in the same way that you know if I mean I guess you're, you're probably like past that whole process now but I always find that if I go interstate and I'm performing like on a big stage at the club you know, like you're visiting, so you're on the big stage. Um, when I come back here, it doesn't matter what gig I'm doing; I've always got so much more confidence. Absolutely, Bec- it's your home ground. Yeah, and 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 because you've had that experience of doing something that was actually quite nerve-wracking, yes, and it went well, mm-hmm. and then you come back and you're, oh, well, this is a piece of piss.
0: Yeah, it's like a bit of weight coming off the bar for yeah. the next set. Yeah,
1: so that that was similar with. With all the court stuff, that That was actually when I started to make some small progress. In stand-up. In, in stand-up.
0: Because it would be incredible uh, valve, like, pressure release to just leave all that behind and go on stage and just be aloof and weird and wacky and yeah. fun and, and, and yeah. try some wordplay. Whatever your thing is, just fuck around. Yeah. yeah. There's no dire consequence, whereas in court an hour before, if you said the wrong thing in the wrong way, you could fuck this guy up. Uh,
1: Well, the amount of, yeah, the the level of humiliation that you're at risk of in in court where it's like, oh, this is your job and you're a professional and you've been to uni and there are all these other people in the courtroom who aren't there for your case, they're there for the next case Mm. and they're watching. Um, Yeah, things can go really wrong. Um, I mean, things can go wrong in stand-up, but um, it's not like, you know, no one's going to jail. You know, it's it's fine. Even if it's embarrassing, even if it hurts, no one's, it's not anyone's life involved. Yeah.
0: Does that make your journey in stand-up now easier in retrospect? You're like, "Ah, it's never going to be as hard as what I went through in court with those huge cases. So bring on the big gigs, bring on the television gigs. Anna. It's all good. This is just, uh, this is icing on the cake. It's
1: fun. Um, well, or- it's weird because in some ways stand-up's way harder because, um, you know, like with law, like there's a very defined path mm. towards, you, you know, whatever goal you have. Many people have done it before, mm. whereas stand-up is... Um, you can't pin down the creative process. You, you, you can't pin down the pr- creative process, but even like trying to navigate, um, trying to get onto bigger stages and bigger gigs and mm. and and establish yourself and, and build y- yourself, it's like, I don't know what the fuck mm. like the next it's, step is at any point.
0: It's non-linear.
1: It's completely obscure to me. Yeah. Um, like
0: a lot of people come to me and they're like, man, I've been going 15 years, I should be on TV. Yeah. And I'm like, your progression is not linear. It's, yeah. It could change overnight. It could go down and then up. It's all over the shop. Yeah. Whereas in law, the more years yeah. you put in, like a pilot, the more experience, the yeah. more you know. And
1: and because you've got people who... I think it's also because there's just a lot more demand for lawyers. Um, there's like there's an actual proper... It's a profession. Stand-up is like, you know... um. More marginal as a mm. as an occupation. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like the legal the legal profession is much bigger, mm. um, and can a- accommodate more people than the stand up comedy industry, mm. which you could almost not even call an industry. Like it's yeah. So to me, that's the difficulty of mm. of stand up compared to law. Is law might like, yeah it's more serious blah blah blah. But I actually know exactly how to do it, mm. um, and uh, not that I was like perfect or anything, but I at least knew the steps.
0: There's this, uh, not to put words in you, but there's a manual.
1: For law. Well, there's a there's a very well trodden path, mm. and you have people who, like, mentor you and and take you through it, mm. and they can tell you how they succeeded. Yeah. And it's I think it's easier to replicate. Um, stand up. I don't know. I mean, mm. you know, I don't know. To like people, day. people do it, but you you're never really sure.
0: One thing I love about stand-up, which freaks me out it's just and scares me in equal measure, is mm. I can be doing a gig and then someone can come along, has only been gigging for six months, and rip the roof off. Yeah. And you're like, wow. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. It, it doesn't care about how long you've been in the game. Or, no. It just does not care. It's all conducive to this energy in the room at a point in time.
1: I, I agree That's with that. It. I agree with that, but um, I will say that to me, it's like, I mean, obviously having having a great set is a great feeling. Mm. Um, and having a great set with like new stuff is the best feeling. But to me, it's like averages, you know, like, you know, I, I had great sets when I started, but in between great sets, were twenty sets where I ate shit mm. like and was it was genuinely embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. And as you know, I think it's like as you go along you're just raising your average. Yeah. You know. Um so that your worst gig is better.
0: How are you with um dealing with bad gigs in terms of uh I'm in awe of acts that can bring a date to a gig. Yeah. Are you uh which camp do you fall into?
1: Uh it depends. I mean I mean when I first started I wouldn't tell anyone that I was even doing no stand up either do I No. I,
0: to this day I still yeah. you know I don't come out it's not like hey everyone I'm
1: no. no no but um it depends see I've done it I've done it now um brought a date to yep. to gigs uh, to me the the things that you know the things that I'm looking for are like is it a cool gig yeah, you know, like, like a lounge on a Friday. Or, yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, is this? Or I wouldn't, you know, like if it's an. I've, I've, I know people who've brought dates to open mics. That's nuts. and to me, it's like you should just put yeah. a bullet in your own head. How the fuck <laughs> do you do that? You not you. Um, I'd
0: love to be able to do that because it means I care zero, zero fucks given, and that's like this is who yeah. I am. I'd love to have that, but it also
1: means you care zero about the relationship or whatever. Do that, you think so though? Yeah, I
0: think you're just exposing yourself. This is who I am i'll be as transparent as possible yeah i could eat a dick here and if i do but that it's, it's exposing
1: yourself the same way it's like oh look i pissed myself like it's embarrassing it's <laughs> like some of those gigs yeah you know it's like i just want to do this privately and then meet you out in the world absolutely yeah because then
0: you can relax i can't relax if i i think i've brought a date in my whole 20 years of stand-up Maybe twice. Mm. And both times I was sweating and because 'cause have got the pressure of the gig multiplied on top by a date, what she's going to think. Of course. And it just never works. Well, there's nothing And you can't give her attention because she's... No. And she thinks, um, why is this guy... Is this guy
1: blanking me? He's not... Yeah. There's nothing less attractive than seeing someone bomb. <laughs> it's like... It's, a, <laughs> it's because that's like... It's... Yeah. That's the whole... That's why it's, it's attractive when you do well yeah. and it's deeply repulsive when you don't. And I think it's the same thing of just like the, yeah. our human reaction to, um, you know, like seeing a, like a person st- like stand in front of a group mm. and humiliate themselves. Mm. And you're like, ah, oh. like as I think as, as like animals, we're like, oh, fuck that guy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, I wanted to ask you how, I just want to find out how cool your parents are. Okay. Uh, and the only reason I ask this question is because uh, you're a wog like myself. Yeah. Um, my parents, when I left a high paying job as an yeah. assistant buyer for Coles Meyer, yeah. uh, they were heartbroken and yeah. they freaked the fuck out. You're Be- Greek? Greek. Yeah. Yeah. So I went through university, got a job in head office at Coles mm. put my degree to work worked up and then all of a sudden i said to my mom hey i'm leaving and then six months later i was on radio and she just couldn't understand it could not wrap her head around it um and it broke her heart and to this day i still think she's like because wogs they hold grudges they're crazy yeah um so were your parents freaking out that you went all this way in law got your foot in worked had a six million dollar check in your hand and now traded that for a lottery pick at open mic
1: yeah um yeah they weren't thrilled <laughs> um
0: are you being politic like what what was that like how f- not so, thrilled were they
1: so i um like i was gonna i even when i was at uni i was studying law and i was i was thinking about quitting like yeah, I was right. thinking about quitting. I was, I was talking about quitting the whole way along. I got really? eight years in Fuck. out of deference to my parents. <laughs> I, <laughs> so is that
0: what kept you going? Just to appease your parents? Well,
1: not just that, but uh, like a big part of it was just this feeling of like, oh, I don't really have an option, like a choice here. Yeah. Um, especially because, like, to me, it's like, oh, stand up isn't actually a real thing. Mm. Especially, I especially felt that way in Perth. Because in Perth, the, you know, there's no, like, you know, you, you end up, you know, you perform at the lounge, which is a great gig, but then so like, oh, what's the next step from there? Mm. Uh, you go perform, like, on, like, up north or... I don't know. Like, there's just... There's no... Yeah, it's a ceiling. Like, yeah, there's no... Um, but, yeah, so... I think the writing had been on the wall for a while because... um. I was always talking about how much I didn't like it. Yeah. Um but when I did eventually pull the trigger, like I said I was overseas and I just told I just emailed my work and said I'm not coming back. Um and then I told my folks and um yeah, they they were I think they were like not they weren't angry at me ever, but they were uh, they're just worried. You know, like, oh, what are you going to, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know what I mean? And they don't understand that world. I mean, I don't understand this world. So how they, um, (laughs) that's a good point. Yeah. So I think their main thing is just like, oh fuck, what are you going to do? Like, and, and, you know, they want to have, um, um, I think they want me to have kids and have a house and just all that same shit that, um, every or most parents want for their kids, which is fair enough.
0: Yeah, Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, I scrolled through your Facebook very briefly just to like I just at work because I knew I was talking to you today. Sure. I just yeah. had a little quick. It's full of inspirational quotes. Oh yeah. Do you get into all that? Like you, you struck me as someone who, when I was reading these inspirational quotes, you struck me as someone who is, um, uh, uh, honorable. Don't cross. If you fuck me over, that's it. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I go with my gut um my soul is what i listen to yeah is that it i mean that now makes sense everything you've told me you're like i just had to leave law i had to follow my gut so to speak. well
1: it's funny um because i kind of i just share all that shit on my facebook as a joke like is that an in joke it's it's kind of an in joke because i also share a lot of italian memes and
0: yes you do
1: um i just do it because i'm Right. The idea of me doing it is funny to people who know me.
0: Yeah, I mean that's why I'm like yeah. I mean, this is odd. Yeah. Like all these I just I just God, it just yeah. makes me
1: laugh. And even the idea of using Facebook now is kind of funny because it's it's like I'm old, it's man. it's dying. Is it really? Yeah, for sure.
0: All right. So I'm 45 and yeah. I still use Facebook. That's but everyone's transitioned to Instagram. I know y- yeah.
1: that. Yeah. Well, I mean I I still use it but like you know like, sharing stuff on Facebook, even posting statuses. Like, not many people that I know really do that anymore right, and okay. haven't for a long time. Yeah,
0: right. Um, Fuck, I'm inept at all that. So, I,
1: yeah, I just share that shit to make people laugh. Got you. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, also, like, I mean, I share a lot of Italian memes. Are you...
0: Uh, is your... Do you feel an affinity towards the Italian heritage? Or you can, oh, yeah. You do? Yeah, Okay, absolutely. so that stuff is... On point. Yeah, well,
1: it's, yeah, it's, it's Fine. like, it's sincere, but then also with a level of yeah. irony. Um, but.
0: Have you been to Italy?
1: Yeah, I went in 2019.
0: Where are you from? Or your parents, rather? Uh,
1: my mum is from a town in Sicily called Capo de Londo. Yeah. And, um, my dad was born here or in, in Fremantle, but his, his dad is from Lipari, which is one of the Aeolian islands. Okay. And his mum's from Vastor, which is up near Rome, uh, and they met in in WA. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, I've heard I heard a quote. I asked you last time about this, but uh, someone said, uh, "I'm not Sicil- I'm not Italian, I'm Sicilian." Yeah.
1: Uh, I'm in a Facebook group called that.
0: Yeah. Can you explain that? Like, it, it was uh, Sicily its own? I think it's colony. just it's it's
1: just the the idea of there being a separate identity. Which is sort of the same as I'm from WA, yeah. and we are part of Australia, but there's also a very strong feeling of we're a different thing. Mm. So I think it's just a similar thing to that. Okay. And it's, it's maybe even stronger in Italy. I don't, I don't know, because I've sp- lived my whole life here. But, um, but you know, originally, like, Italy had, it didn't even have one language. It had just all these different dialect groups. Really? Yeah, so Sicilian dialect... Is is very different to mainland. Well, y- as, especially like nowadays, e- official Italian. So n- nowadays, like they've they've changed the school curriculum so that everyone learns standard Sicilian, which I think is uh, standard Italian, Italian, which I think is the the Italian of I think it was Venice, Venice or Florence, but I think it was Venice. Um, but my nonna from the, the Sicilian one, she spoke dialect. And yeah it sounds completely different mm. so yeah th- and and I think that always contributes to a different kind of identity.
0: Can you speak Italian?
1: No I can like understand uh, basic stuff I could have a basic conversation yeah. I was having basic conversations when I was over there but I'm so far from fluent that I would never say that I could speak it no mm. yeah that's uh, like I wish I wish that I'd learned but um, yeah. and I might still
0: my mum taught me when I was a baby, so it just all went in. Greek? Yeah. Yeah, right. It just, I absorbed it all. So,
1: what? Like beef, chicken, or lamb? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry.
0: Mus- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everything. I, I learned it all. Yeah. Oh,
1: that's good. Mm, yeah. It's easy. She, she was born there? Yeah.
0: Yeah. My mum was born there. Uh, my dad was born there, and they came out here. I think uh, I'm like your father, first generation. Yeah, because your dad was born here in Fremantle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you were born here. I was born here. But
1: I'm guessing did my they parents. did they speak English when you were born and when you were a child, or did you or were you the one to teach them? Because that's what my dad did.
0: Yeah, I taught my mum and dad English, and then slowly, slowly, dad learnt through watching Prices Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Just the yeah. movies on Saturdays, yeah. and now they're okay. It's great. Yeah. Because now they've got grandkids. Yeah. And they talk. It's great to see the grandkids talking English to them, and yeah. now she talks back in English. Yeah, she's not confident on the phone with customer with call centres. Yeah, yeah. But she can somehow understand fluent English between four thirty and five when uh, Bolden the Beautiful's on. Yeah, but outside of that, it goes <laughs> yeah. to shit. It's like, yeah, help me, John. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, I found Italy interesting in terms of it felt like two countries, man. Like when I went to the
1: north, uh, yeah.
0: it was so fucking posh and up themselves yeah. and, and then the south yeah. was so different, like down to earth, blue collar like. Yeah. Even the Greeks when I went across to Greece were saying to me, Southern Italians, they're unreal. The the rest of them they can go fuck themselves. Yeah. We don't wanna know them. Yeah. Um Yeah. I found that interesting. It's like good. Uh, Th-
1: that's definitely a trope. Yeah. Very much that, so that northern Italians are snobs. There's another one which is that I heard over there actually, which is that the further south in, in Europe in Europe you go, the less law abiding the people are. <laughs> uh, so what's
0: what's the base? Malta.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, I don't know, maybe Greece or something. Like <laughs> yeah, Greece. Crete? <laughs> Cyprus? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but that's yeah, from what I understand, that's true in Italy.
0: You know what? I wonder if it swings across. Go se- your your idea goes south and then swings across to the west because, or to the east because M- Mimi Shaheen told me that um, th- this, there's this Arabic mentality mm-hmm. of not being law abiding. Like they yeah. have their own system. Yeah, it's like the Greeks; they have their own system. Like uh, as you, I'm sure, experienced in southern Italy. Yeah, um, you park where you want to fucking oh, park. Yeah. You smoke where you want to yeah. smoke. Yeah, You just... You, you fucking don't care yeah. about... And yeah. then you come here and you realize how uh, the Anglo-Saxons imposed such strict law and order yes. in Australia. Yeah, And that strictness has brought about a, such a cohesive system. And mm. it works. And it's good. Whereas in Greece, no one gives a fuck. No one pays taxes. And yeah. that's why we fucked ourselves. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But there's also... That's also why australia in many ways kind of boring
0: very much so yeah and it's why and
1: and whereas you go over there like and that's why people come back from like visiting those places and they go they really know know how to live over there don't they? they do man yeah
0: yeah they just yeah it's fine to i don't know it's like we have so much ambition here it's like ambition has to be a quality or a trait that you possess like what's your ambition what are you striving Mm. for Whereas when all my cousins in Greece, they're like, we work and we go to the beach and we have six months of sun where it's over 25 (coughs) degrees. So what do we care? Yeah. And uh, I wonder if that adds life to their... um, I wonder if that makes them live longer rather than everyone, scientists saying it's the Mediterranean diet. Yeah. Is that a culmination of both?
1: I reckon, I mean, it's part of it for sure. Mm. Yeah. The definitely i mean you know they're sleeping after lunch a lot of them yeah um yeah i th- i think that must be part of it yeah 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 it's definitely that that like cuz you know like americans and um and like people from the uk will say that australians are very laid back mm. um but then you go you know especially go to like america and like this place is a fucking nightmare mm. like this is so stressful mm. Um, so I guess it's on a spectrum, but yeah, I yeah, I definitely f- think that we we, you know, we're grinding in a way that mm. they don't seem to. Uh,
0: in terms, of, I just got to wrap up soon, but in terms of stand up, mm. uh, I, I ask people where 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 do they want to go with their stand up? Where do they want to take it? Yeah. Um, me like for for example, my my own goal. I'd like to have three or four hours of material. Yeah. Just down. Yeah. Um just that, that I can watch and go back to and hope that 80% of it is somewhat timeless. I know it can't yeah. be. It's impossible, but... Um, so that would be me. What about mm-hmm. yourself? Um, And how do you measure? What yardstick do you use to measure success?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm doing a... So this year, I, I, I want to do my hour at the comedy festival Yeah, and then have... Twenty minutes in that—that that is good enough that I can really have a great set at a club, like in a long set.
0: Yeah. Is this your first hour? Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask why it's taken ten years to?
1: Um. Well, four years in Perth, and then probably three years trying to climb out of the open mics in yeah. Melbourne, uh, and then COVID. So. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So Perth was really just a part-time system. It's like one or two gigs a week at well, best.
1: Well, th- there were people who were professional comics who came out of Perth mm. who who were professional in Perth. Yeah. But the problem was it wasn't that you couldn't do it. It was that because so few people did it, your mentality, that mentality wasn't common mm. and it didn't really seem realistic. Mm. Whereas in Melbourne, you do, it, it is somewhat common. You know, it's not as common as if you're in New York, but you can at least see that people do it. Mm. Um. So yeah, that 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 I think the biggest thing for me has just been like the mentality of going, oh, like people actually do stand up for a living, and that's possible. Um. Yeah. So, but I, I think for for me, for stand up is I I would love to be able to stay in it, have a life, you know, like have all the sort of middle class things that I w- I wanted to do anyway. Um, and then stay in it to get good enough um that i could like record specials and then actually be like a proper Mm. proper um like high level uh stand-up so yeah that that's that's i guess my my goal yeah do
0: you think uh stand-up will get more popular in terms of uh not being such an underground form of entertainment in Melbourne, uh, with globalization, Netflix, YouTube, yeah, I think it's, or, it's already happening. I mean, I see a big well,
1: uptake. If you, I mean, you look at the last two years, the Comics Lounge was the only, yeah, full-time dedicated club in Melbourne. Mm. Um, I know that there have been others before that, but yeah, there was... I don't know that they were as like proper. i mean like I've heard like the last laugh
0: yes yeah, so when i started it yeah. was the last laugh and the comics lounge yeah and the comics lounge was new so this yeah. is back in 2002 you'd yeah. go to the comics Lounge and you'd perform in the front bar really yeah man you wouldn't perform in the
1: main was auditorium. that in, in this in the current location yeah yeah right. it's always been there since yeah. day one yeah
0: and um yeah, it just wasn't busy. It was brand new. And, yeah. And uh, the Last Laugh was only operating on a Friday and Saturday. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And they showcased the biggest names. Yeah. Then the lounge came along, very small every Friday and Saturday, just small yeah. crowds. Yeah. I remember one Christmas party, Dan invited us all and we played indoor cricket yeah. in, in the large space out the back because there was no chairs and tables. Yeah, right. There was no need for them. So yeah. we played indoor cricket and had karaoke. Yeah. Um, and then slowly as the years went by, it built Yeah, and now it's, um, yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: yeah. So now, so now there's that, there's there, there's kind Republic in the city, Republic, um, um,
0: Kings of comedies up and running. Yeah. There's a the rubber chicken in South Melbourne. Yeah. That's another like Chandler's got his gigs. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Fuck. It's so
1: great. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think, and, and I mean, I run what's basically an open mic. Are you in Voltaire? I, yeah. You me, me and Matt. Vasquez run the Fridays there. Yeah. And so I still see a lot of new people Yeah, coming com- coming through. And um, there are so many people starting. Heaps, man. So I think... And, and I think that's also a reflection on people, like just watching more stand-up and being more interested in, in stand-up. So... As an art form to express yeah, themselves. Absolutely. And, and yeah. even like um, a friend of mine, Elliot Stewart, um, who I did Zone with last year, he just started a club with some other people... In Newcastle. Yeah. So, like, Newcastle is not a crazy, like, a huge city. It's like Geelong, maybe? Um, oh, sorry. In, I, I don't in, expect you to know population. Yeah. I, I don't know, like, the numbers, but I guess maybe similar to Geelong. Ish. Let's say ish, ish. Ish, for sure. And that's got a dedicated club. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so... That's great, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. And now there are there are two in in Brisbane. There's mm. Sit Down and now there's Good Chat. Um, nice. So, I know about Good Chat. Yeah. And Good Chat's great. Like, it's yeah. a really cool new dedicated club. comedy club. It's downstairs at a bar, but it's like a, it's a dedicated space. Like Friday, Saturday. Um I think they do like Wednesday, maybe Thursday and then f- yeah, Friday and yep. then maybe two shows on Saturday. Like it's it's there's a, like a lot of shows happening there and it's down the road. Great. So yeah, I th- you know Perth's got two clubs now. Uh Perth, you know. Mm. Um so yeah, I think it's it's definitely it's definitely growing. I guess it's more like whether um, the money side of it changes so that it's possible to just do spots and make a living. Because oh, it's gonna be a very long. Maybe because like is that what you were doing in the UK? Yeah, yeah. That's UK what I mean. Like, because that's the ultimate, right? Is very difficult to get to that stage yeah. unless.
0: Well, yeah, I think I'm living the part-time dream, as I call it, to my friends. Like, I yeah. work part-time. Yeah. I'm not living the dream, but I'm living the part-time dream. So, I'm happy because I'm humble. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I'm. it's great. But in London, you can be an unknown act and make eight, nine hundred bucks a week, which yeah. I was doing yeah. as an unknown. Yeah. And flying all over Europe. But you just get treated like shit, like you're on the 4 a.m. flight because yeah. it's the cheapest. Yeah, yeah. So, um. But it's still good because yeah. you're doing stand up and you're making yeah. eight, nine hundred a week. Here, yeah. you can do that, but you'd have to you'd have to do a lot of footy clubs. Yeah. A lot of uh Victorian country driving. Yeah, yeah. And when I came back from England, I was doing a fair bit of that and then mm. I quickly stopped because I realized driving at home at night in Victoria is very different to driving from the uk at night back to london Mm. in terms of ruse yeah so like
1: chances of having a fatal car crash jesus yeah it's
0: fucking nuts man yeah so yeah so you can but it's a lot harder yeah yeah um yeah but maybe in 10 years i mean well
1: it's it seems like it's going in the right direction i mean i don't think it's a bubble what's that
0: I don't think this stand-up, this surge in popularity for stand-up, I don't think it's a bubble that's going to burst. I think it's on a trajectory just to get more and more popular because the art form is being exposed. People are being exposed to the art form yeah. through Netflix, yeah, so I think American acts and all that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. No, I I agree. So hopefully, it's a um, it's a growth industry.
0: Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um. When are you? When are your dates for your festival? Because I think I'm going to put this online in about two weeks.
1: Oh, okay. So um,
0: we'll be. When will we be? In about beginning of April or yeah, first right. week of April. Okay. Well, i want to do a shout out. Yeah.
1: Um. Okay. So my show is called Tough Guy. Uh, it's at Fad Gallery at eight pm. Starts on the thirtieth of March and it runs till the eleventh of April, and um. Yeah, yeah, get along but um
0: very good comedian. Um yeah, very fucking good. Yeah,
1: and I'll probably I'll probably put it on um interstate as well. Yeah, um, good. One, Sydney? One, once I've got it. Good. Uh yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I would love to I I'm going to definitely take it to Perth um and then I I'll, I'll probably try and um, get up to uh Brisbane and, and Newcastle and and do Sydney as well.
0: Yeah. So, so your mum and dad are still over there in Perth? Yeah, my sister. Oh, yeah. perfect. Yeah, so you yeah. can stay for free. Yeah. Yeah, it's a yeah. no brainer. That's the dream. Dream. To live with your parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um Andrew Portelli, thank you so much for coming in, man. Thanks for having me. Cheers, buddy.